This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Jenna X is in the building joining us on this Tuesday, and I'm going to give an introduction to myself because I am also here, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Binance and Ripple are joining forces for their fair fight for regulation in the United States, as the SEC is official under the process of appeal for the Judge Torres ruling of XRP. A Bloomberg analyst discussed the road to an e- a futures ETF product being offered for XRP, as a renowned investor, Robert Kinasaki, gives his input on the U.S. dollar collapse stating the top three cryptos could be a long-term solution. U.S. banks are starting to utilize crypto technology in our country as HBAR now enables American banks to make micropayments using their blockchain. And with the digital revolution of a lifetime already underway, we break down the details, showing our community how many of our favorite tokens are changing finance forever. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, Our show is live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, today is a very exciting day, not only for Good Morning Crypto, but for the Merlin community as a whole. As on 3 p.m. today, you're going to be going live with Coach JV and showing him that beautiful product. So congratulations to you, my friend. How are you feeling? Thanks for being here. Well, it's congratulations to the whole team of Merlin. There's a lot of people behind Merlin to make it happen, Abs. Uh, We are excited today at 3 o'clock. We will be talking about you know, how to not get wrecked in the marketplace. So if you didn't get a chance to uh, set your reminder to do that, but I just want to say good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. I love you guys and appreciate you for showing up every single day in the chat like Warriors, true Warriors. I love that. And speaking of a true warrior, we got one great one here. I love our XRP Jenna. Jenna X in the house. Jenna, good to see you. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. And big congrats, Johnny. This is amazing. Merlin's going live. I'm excited to tune in today at three. Um, 
super awesome. I know you've worked really, really hard on that and the whole team has. So I couldn't be more excited for you and for everyone else who's going to get to use this product. Um, you know, just a great, great tool to have in this market. I mean, I wish I would have had this years ago. So that's awesome. A lot of great topics today. I'm super excited to be here and good mornings, all the warriors in the house. Let's do it. Thank you, Jenna. We're excited to have you. And Johnny, congratulations. I want to give a shout out to Mario, Gonzo, Jackie, Jeremy, Coach JV, everyone who's been doing this stuff behind the scenes. Because like you said, there's a whole group of people making this happen. But with that being said, guys, we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by checking out our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at FreeTGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is in neutral this morning, Johnny Crypto, sitting at a 53. But when we look at our daily movers, it's an exciting day for HBAR holders. As yesterday, we were up about 15%. Today, we're seeing something similar, up about 10%. We've also got Hex token up 10% and XRD up 7% on the day. When we look at our Merlin market update this morning, we are sitting at $1.18 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 49% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 29,700, Ethereum 1850, XRP is sitting at 65 cents and Dogecoin, just because I feel like talking about it, is sitting at 7 cents this morning. And guys, we already got 173 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, we're going to start this show off with an update from one of our friends, Eleanor Tourette, who will be joining the show this Friday with Mark Gusko. So that's going to be a great episode. Well, said, next next Friday. <laughs> next Friday. Sorry about next that. <laughs> she said it's shaping up to be a big week for developments in the USA for crypto litigation. A possible decision could be coming in the grayscale versus SEC lawsuit. As analysts say that today at 11 a.m., it's possible, but it could also take until Friday for these two to decide on an appeal process. Ripple's response to the SEC's government letter of intent to file an interlocutory appeal of a Judge Torres ruling. So we've got the Judge Torres ruling as well. Now, we just got a lawsuit from Binance last night, as Binance has just asked the court for protective order against the SEC, accusing it of undertaking a phishing expedition with its discovery request. So there is a lot going on in the crypto space. But what I wanted to highlight here, Johnny, is the SEC is taking some massive steps back. We're getting pushback from Coinbase, Binance, Ripple, and now Grayscale all in the same week. Broadly, I'd like to hear what it means to you, and we'll dive into the specifics. Well, I mean, yeah, you typically don't see <laughs> that kind of big battery, you know, swinging back at the big boy, right, at the big gorilla. But the reality is the gorilla kind of has been slapping people around and kind of maybe going above and beyond. So it's only a matter of time. This is kind of what I was talking about early on where I say, well, you kind of need to see the community come together. Now, they're not actually coming together per se in this particular instance where they're working you know, with Congress and lobbying, but they certainly are nonetheless, you know, all pushing back and putting some great degree of pressure on the SEC. And you know, that's what happens when you go after some of the big boys. They got the money, they got the power, and, and that's the risk. You know, they went after the big kings, right? They went after Ripple, who's got a billion dollars in the bank. Coinbase has got a ton of money in the bank. Binance has got a ton of money in the bank. What do you expect? So I'm not surprised that. I'm actually, to some degree, kind of, Part of me, the crypto side of me is kind of happy that there, there's a little pushback here and that we can get some, you know, true balance here and not just make this all a one sided, you know, crush crypto game. Jenna, I'd like to get some thoughts from you as well. We're seeing times quickly change for crypto in the United States. And it's articles like these that really catch my attention as former President Trump was found to be holding over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of Ethereum as his financial records reveal. Now, 
it's not that big of a deal, right? Quarter million dollars, Trump's a billionaire. But here's what it really tells me. Crypto-friendly politicians are going to be coming into the White House, coming into Congress over the next couple of years. And that's why Donald Trump owning Ethereum is so important. Bitcoin, Ethereum, and we're going to show our listeners Robert Kinasaki talking about XRP today will become the mainstream conversation. So what do you think? Are times quickly changing for crypto? Oh, man, absolutely. Like, I'm bullish, right? Like, that makes you even more bullish on ETH. I, I read a couple things and I saw once I said um, it was $500,000. So I'm not sure at what point in time they took the value of it, although ETH really hasn't moved in price for a really long time. But either way, um, definitely bullish news. Like, it tells you, like, hey, they have a belief in this and it's not going away. And yeah, it could very well be a new digital asset class. Like, that's what we believe, right? So, I mean, hey. It's good news. Anything's possible, right, Jenna? And that's what mm -hmm. our articles are going to be about today as we get a massive update from HBAR yesterday discussing some of the biggest partners on the planet now being involved in this project. But guys, we already got 222 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And with HBAR being up nearly 35% in the last two days, we're going to do our best to explain why. And this is a really important update here out of Crypto Mason. The Fed now has added another company to their service provider showcase, which is HBAR. Micropayments Drop CC. Drop enables micropayments in HBAR, USD, and USDC. This means that banks in the USA looking for micropayment services can now use Hedera's technology. Drop will also enable real-time payments through the FedNow payment system, processing cu customer credit transfers, and handling incoming payments this is so big, but let's actually hear from the developer themselves here as they're discussing exactly how the FedNow compatibility could drive millions of transactions into Hedera. would end up with an account on Hedera and every transaction would flow through Hedera. So it's a combination of the Hedera consensus service as well as the tokenization service. And it would end up being you know, many, many millions of transactions per day. At, at scales. So it's a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal for Adara. It's a big deal for the industry. And we're excited to see that FedNow uh, had the, uh, you know, the, the position that they're confident enough in, in the company uh, at Drop and, and in Hedera that they decided to go ahead and make an announcement. And Johnny, what I really think is so important here is we've talked a lot for a while about how Fed now it's not involved with crypto. This isn't a step towards crypto. Well, they're partnering with crypto companies. We know they worked with Ripple in the past. Now they're publicly stating they, they're compatible with Hedera. What do you think? Millions of micropayments. What could that do for their blockchain? Uh, mute button. I mean, it's certainly going to bring attention to their chain. It's certainly going to bring usability to the chain, some some, some demand as well. It's funny because while you say that, I was just checking my Merlin account to see how much HBAR I got. <laughs> it's so cool to see it all in one place. I wish I had more, to be honest with you. But I think it's going to be one of those that's, it, again, it's one of those that you, you definitely want to have uh, a technology like this in your bag, in your stable. Because, again, as we said yesterday and, and in the past, we don't really know which one of these are going to be the ultimate winners down, down the road. But when you get into these kind of partnerships early on, man, it certainly sure helps give you a good probability of being part of the system in the future. So I'm excited. Good news, you know, for, for H bar, the H bar community and the technology. And I'm boy, I'm happy. I got some of it in my bag. So I'm excited for it. Abs. I'm very excited for this. Good news. Bullish news. Jenna, we often say it's not what you know, it's who you know in this industry. And as we look at Hedera's partner list, 
This is some of the biggest names on the planet. We've got Google, IBM, Boeing is on this list. Chainlink is also in collaboration with Hedera here. But really seeing the utility come into the market is what's so important for projects like these. And working with United States banks, that's where the majority of, of global liquidity really sits. So I'd like to hear what it means to you and we'll continue. My gosh, these partnerships are huge. I mean, I could not believe when that came out and they're like, hey, yeah, we're using Fed now. I could also there were so many people though that were like disappointed that are H bar holders or an H bar. And I'm like, why? Because you feel like they're a sellout because they're working with banks, the federal government. Listen, if you are holding this, clearly you're doing it because you're hoping that the price will go up. So, I mean, I think that you should be excited as a holder that, you know, and this is very, very bullish news. I mean, you're going to have so much money flowing through, you know, H bar. So huge news. I'm excited about it. I wish I had more, had some. I'm, I'm, I've not been H bar person. I've been focused on other things, but seeing this right in front of my face, I think I'd be foolish not to hodl a bag of H bar. Only seven cents, Jenna. Right. Yeah. I'd like to discuss the competitive advantage you believe that HBAR has in the United States markets. Last week, we covered that they hired a former White House operating officer to be a leader in their division. So I'd like to hear what you think. We often talk about Ethereum having a free pass. Is this the Hedera free pass playing out before our eyes, Johnny? Um, uh, You know, I don't know enough details of how they launched in the beginning of all that to, to, to go down that path, Abs, to be honest with you. Uh, if they did things in a way that might have triggered them to be, you know, a security, for, for example. But I certainly think that they put themselves in a position technology-wise to earn. You know, we're talking about a technology now, and, and, and to put themselves in that position to be able to be part of the system. I think kudos to them for that, Abs. You, you, you got to take your hat off to them for that. So you didn't answer the question. Do you believe that they have a free pass? Because obviously we're seeing Fed now use their technology and they just hired a former White House advisor. But obviously you don't know, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. Well, I mean, again, I don't I can't say it's a free pass because I don't know if they did something illegal to, to, to not earn it. You know, did they go and do an ICO? Did they promote, you know, did they push it out there and and promote that someone was going to get big earnings off of it, you know, in the future? If they did that, then, yeah, then it, then it could kind of fall under. And did they go and sell to institutions? Right. If they did all those things and that they're not getting called out for it, then, yes, they got a free pass. I'm just not so sure if they did all those things, because not every uh, cryptocurrency company that came out did that. Some just launched and did airdrops, right? Like look at Flare, right? So it depends on how they they approached it, and then the, I'm, not, I'm not sure for their particular uh, technology, how they got it out in the marketplace to be able to answer that question. So I don't want to mislead anybody. But the worst that's going to happen is if the SEC believes they are security because they think everything is, the worst thing that's going to happen is HBAR is going to pay a fine. Obviously, it's not going to go anywhere with all of these partnerships and being used by Fed now. Like, there's no way. If there was, like, any inkling that this could be a possibility that it's not going to be around, Fed now would not be using HBAR. That's my opinion. And what's really interesting, Johnny, is we often talk about NDAs and how those impact the market. But what we're seeing with Hedera is that everything seems very public. Their White House hirings, these partnerships with FedNow, it's all right before our eyes. And it's articles like these that are important during a bull run. Typically, we'll get these surges in price and everybody will say, what's moving it? What's actually, it's the utility from 24 months ago. We got 267 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And this is a video of Robert Kinasaki discussing how the U.S. dollar is collapsing while certain cryptocurrencies like XRP, Bitcoin, and Ethereum are turning into a secure store of value. Everybody listening, the question is, what are you doing? What, what are they doing? 
-hmm. You know, I get so frustrated. I think this is the biggest bargain of all. It's silver. It's about 35 bucks for this thing. I remember I was paying $50 for this thing. So this is still undervalued, but people would still rather save this. I know. That's how that's how brainwashed they are. I'm going, can't you guys see what's happening? No, no, no. I was told to save this. Well, why don't you <laughs> save silver? Why don't you save XRP, Bitcoin? Why are you saving this when you know they're printing trillions of it right now? And Jenna, I knew it was only a matter of time until these conversations started to happen. But to see Robert Kinosaki mention XRP with you know, these Bitcoin maximalists, they never address the banker's coin, as they like to call it. So mm-hmm. give me some of your thoughts. Robert Kinosaki finally changing his stance. I love my banker's coin. But OK, so here's the thing. I want to research this because like we were talking about in the green room apps, we don't know if this is AI, right? Or if this is really what he said, because Robert Kinosaki really said this. And, you know, dude is completely brilliant. I mean, I want to be doing what he's doing. I want to be making those money moves. And if it's investing in XRP, silver, Bitcoin, you know, I think those are all great plays. So I really hope that that's what he said, but makes me even more bullish. Let me ask you this with guys like Robert Kinosaki, I feel like they often know things that we do not. It's not who, you know, sorry, it's not what, you know, it's who, you know, if guys like Robert Kinosaki are now turning to pro XRP or even just pro crypto in general, I think it tells us a lot about what other billionaires are thinking behind the scenes. So what does it mean to you from that perspective? Do you think there's a lot of billionaires like maybe Mark Cuban or not Elon Musk? I wouldn't go that far, but guys of that nature, we're going to become pro Bitcoin, pro Ethereum and eventually pro XRP, Jenna. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think so many of them already hold it, but don't talk about it. Right. Um, So many, I think, are so early in the game on it. um, And and they're just not saying anything, you know, because why would they? They have no reason to shill it, to pump it and everything like that. We already know that Mark Cuban is pro crypto. He absolutely is. And I think that he was going to accept what was like Doge or something like that at, um, you know, his sports arena. But um, I I just think that they they all do. They all know things that we don't know. I lost my train of thought on that, but definitely good to keep watching. Oh, I remember Mark Cuban. This is what I want to say. He said, and he does, they know things before we do, obviously. And his hypothesis was that he believes that the SEC and the regulation, it's going to become so difficult for anyone to even create a cryptocurrency, like as far as rules to be able to, you know, make it legal, he thinks that the paperwork end of it is going to be nearly impossible. And that's what is going to kind of really stifle the innovation, the cryptocurrency sector that we're seeing. And that fits perfectly into the article we're going to show in a little bit, Jenna, as we're going to discuss how the SEC is officially under the process of appeal when it comes to the Judge Torres ruling. But guys, I'm going to play this audio one more time, then we'll kick it to Johnny Crypto for some comments. This is Robert Kinosaki discussing Bitcoin, Ethereum, and now XRP. Well, why don't you save silver? Why don't you save XRP, Bitcoin? Why are you saving this when you know they're printing trillions of it right now? Johnny, as a member of the boomers or Zoomers, as they like to say, to see the 70-year-olds now turning the conversation away from gold and away from silver and back into cryptocurrencies, it's got to get you excited. So give me some of your thoughts and we'll continue. I have no idea what you're talking about when you say boomers. I'm nowhere near the boomer. I came from the baby. My parents are boomers. <laughs> I'm, I'm Gen X, baby. We're the last of the real men. But nonetheless, um, the uh, you know, there was something that I thought was interesting here. I want to show this uh, comment. This uh, somebody said here, 
Sephirium was listed on the FedNow website. Nothing came out. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Right. What I tell everybody is when you hear these announcements, you see these things, don't get overexcited because this is early. We're very, very early on. People don't understand how the sausage is made. Right. And I try to use the example of Bluetooth. When 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 we went into figuring out what was going to be the wireless communication protocol early on in the 2000s apps, there were tons of different protocols in there. And Bluetooth ended up being the one in the end, just the way. So think of that today. Like just now there's tons of different uh, blockchain protocols out here that could be used to drive these technologies forward. And you're going to hear about these like a Cypherium, but then it's going to die because it didn't, it didn't have the legs or something went wrong along the way in the development process or whatever. We won't know, um, but it happens and it doesn't work. So I'm just telling everybody, don't hang. You don't want to get, what, what am I trying to say? You don't, I don't want everybody to just get excited when they see one article of a partnership and think, oh my God, that's it. It's over. No, you need to wait for these technologies to mature, to get embedded in. And in fact, abs, just to give you an example, there were other technologies that were built in back in the early 2000s when you guys were both in diapers. And, and they were basically using the different technologies. And then someone fell out. And that's exactly what you saw happen now. So I wouldn't get too hung up on you know, what you're seeing. What you need to do is diversify into some of these different ones. You know, and then you see which ones, you know, surviving and make it and which ones don't. And Cypherium, unfortunately, didn't make the cut. So, you know, now people are sitting there holding the bag on that one, but that thing's not going to go anywhere. I mean, we know now that they chose and went, I think they went with metal, the metal blockchain or the different paths. So I can actually you know. add to that, Johnny. So they, they only use Cypherium for a very, very small beta test with proof of work. And people ran with that because they listed on their website for a short period of time. It yeah. was never, ever part of the plan for Cypherium. Not that I know, I don't work for the Fed, but I'm just telling you broadly, the technology with Cypherium being proof of work, if they were going to use a proof of work blockchain, it wouldn't be a public blockchain like Cypherium. It would be right. something much more niche and much, much different. But guys, we got 331 live listeners here. What I'd really like to focus on for and smash that like button. Johnny, what I'd really like to focus on is what I brought up. I know I made a joke about him being an old man, but typically when we hear guys like Robert Kinosaki talk, they always defer to silver and gold. What does it mean to you that he mentioned tokens like Ethereum and XRP now entering the store of wealth conversation? Well, what's really cool about that is so Kiyosaki, Kiyosaki is a really smart guy, right? And he made his own fortune um, based off of his uh, uh, off of his kind of his own thing, right? Doing his real estate thing was big. But one of the things, if you dig deep into him, what you realize he did, he bought a gold mine. He actually owns a gold mine because he truly knows that at the end of the day, and I wish I had the money because I would do the same if I could, you know, but at the end of the day, when you think of true currency, what is real money? You know, we know it's gold and silver at the end of the day. So what is he doing? He's going back to his old roots and knowing that the safest bet is always going to be gold and silver. But what you got to like about the conversation, in addition to gold and silver, he'll talk about two things you should buy. One, cans of tuna. And he's right. Because you can't eat gold and silver if the world goes to shit. You need some you need some food. And the other thing he's talking about is crypto. And that's fascinating with a guy who's old school and, and knows that gold and silver is real money, but he's also willing to invest in crypto. That tells you these guys, like you said earlier, these guys know something to me. And these guys are the kind of influencers that have big money, right? And then you look at where big money's putting their money. Big money, smart money. They're gonna invest it, you know, in most cases safely and as smart as possible. And you see a lot of people flocking to certain cryptos. And that that is encouraging for the whole crypto industry as a whole because it means guys like him that have money are going to put money into the crypto space, 
what does that do? It drives the demand up, drives the price up, and it's good for the long-term space. So I, I'm I'm happy to hear him say that. I know he mentioned XRP too. I didn't see the whole interview, so I don't know if in the beginning people were saying he wasn't sure what XRP was. So I'm not sure if he just mentioned it after the fact of hearing it. But nonetheless, I think you will see he's been a Bitcoin advocate, and you'll see him investing there and, and I think in Ethereum as well. Jenna, there's a lot we can't get into right now, but what I'd like to focus on is just this audio for one last time. I'm going to play this quick clip and ask you a question. Well, why don't you <laughs> save silver? Why don't you save XRP, Bitcoin? Why are you saving this when you know they're printing trillions of it right now? And this is what the everyday American is waking up to right now is the fact that before 2020, I don't think anybody really studied finance or how the Federal Reserve worked. But after they printed those checks, gave everyone $1,400 or whatever it was, a lot of people woke up and said, well, why are we? Why haven't we always been doing this? Where is this money coming from? That's what's happening to assets. All of that new liquidity is flowing into products like gold, silver, real estate, cash flow businesses. And now he used silver and XRP in the same sentence regardless of if he really knows what's happening with the project, he's using it as a store of value. And that's what gets me excited. Jenna, why don't you give us some closing thoughts and then we'll move on. Oh yeah. Just um, what you said. I took my stimulus check and I bought XRP with it. I did exactly. They're like, no, don't go put into that. Go, you know, go shop, whatever. No, I bought crypto. <laughs> and that's what a lot of smart investors were doing. Johnny crypto. They're talking about the bubble that's waiting to collapse. We heard we were in a recession last year, what do you think, man? What do you think is really going to happen? If the government continues to print money, how long is it until we're looking at a 10, 20, even $30 trillion asset class before I play this video? Oh, man, if they keep printing money, we're going to be in trouble. I mean, we don't want to print money. Print money is, is inflationary, right? You know what that means when you print money. Print money means the, means the current money you have is worth less. And so the more you print, the less it's worth. And that doesn't help anybody, especially in, the, in a world where we're headed, where the rest of the world is getting ready to drop dollars, right? Where we know the bricks are getting ready to unload and unleash that. So the last thing you want when the world is going to be dumping the dollar is the U.S. to be printing more dollars. Do you, do you understand how devastating that's going to be? I mean, he's absolutely right when he says, why are people saving this? And he held up the dollar. You shouldn't be because you're go it's going to be worthless. He's totally right that the only thing that kind of has been a true overall hedge to inflation for the most part has been gold and silver. And now this new asset class of crypto is, is, is going to be tested. We're going to learn how well of a hedge crypto can be for the U.S. dollar. We don't know the answer yet. Anybody who tells you they know abs is lying to you because we've seen Bitcoin go up and down. We've seen the whole entire crypto market go up and down. It hasn't been a great hedge yet. Now, you could argue that maybe Bitcoin has been, depending on when you got in. But if you got in at 60000 you ain't going to be saying it was a great hedge, right? So at the end of the day, I think that's what it comes down to. But to me, we will see if crypto can also be a store of value in a true hedge. But man, he's right. Saving in dollars right now, when we know, God, let's just hope, to answer your question, let's just hope they don't turn on the printing press and print again. It's not a good thing for anybody who holds U.S. dollars or lives in America. And I said this on the show yesterday, Jenna, I'm going to kick it straight to you. I said this on the show yesterday. If in 2021 projects like Dogecoin to get $40 billion in market cap, but a project like XRP today is sitting at that same price, it tells me that we're going to see an influx of liquidity in 2025 like we've never seen before. And I often call this the greatest bull run we could ever see because there's only going to be one utility run. Once the utility is implemented, 
that value is going to continue to increase over time. And I think that's what we're really on the precipice of. So any closing remarks, and then I'm going to play a video. Oh, yeah. Looking at the cycles, I have to agree with you on that, Abs. Um, but it's crypto. Anything could happen. But it reminds me of something David Swartz tweeted the other day. He was like, what do you call a bad short-term investment? A long-term investment. <laughs> I was just thinking about like, yeah, Johnny, if you bought Bitcoin at 60K, yeah, that's a long-term investment at this point. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a meme coin, to be honest. But guys, this is a cool video I'd love to show our listeners. We got 355 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And this is a video from CypressX or Cypress Dimencor on Twitter talking about how a $400 billion asset manager said in the next five years, the crypto market will evolve and volume will surge. The fiat currency is somewhere in the order of 700 to 800 trillion. So is the opportunity here about new assets or is it really about address the technology addressing costs and efficiencies and potentially safety, given your eliminating intermediaries potentially as well? James, you are right that the cryptocurrencies is, is, is relatively small if you compare it with other established asset classes. But other asset classes started with a very small size as well 20, 30 years ago. Indeed. So um, I think you have to take it serious. And, and uh, even some asset managers say it's not a known asset class at the moment. And, and I would confirm that. I agree with that. It's maybe not... It have, it's not on the same level than equities or fixed income product, but it is completely different. You need your own models. You need an own infrastructure and things like that. And um, I think the, the, um, the features that differentiate cryptocurrencies from existing traditional asset classes, um, that is significant, and um, that that is that is one of the reasons why we said at Union Investment, well, it it has not the size of an asset class, and it has not the volume and the trading volume of an asset class, but it's so completely different that we just define it as a new asset class because we have to implement a new investment process, and I think that is right. leading here for us new investment process, new asset class, and um, I think it will evolve, the volume will increase, and um, Maybe in, 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 in five, eight, ten years, there will be no discussion about that if, if this is a separate asset class or, or something like that. Um, so, And that's what I wanted to hear for, out of his mouth. $400 billion asset manager said in five years, we're going to look at the crypto market and say this is its own asset class. This is what we're talking about. How early are we, Johnny Crypto, that guys worth $400 billion are just having these discussions? Uh, I mean, I've been telling you all the time on this show, we're so early that it feels like we're late, but we're so early to the party. The guys who are going to be running the party don't even know the party started yet. They don't even know how, what's going to be in it. They don't know what girls are going to be invited to it, what dudes. They have no idea how many ships and yachts are going to be here. They don't even know yet. But this is exactly what I've been talking about all the time when I say this is different than the conventional stock. Because when you go and buy a stock, you own the company, right? And the company does well, the stock... When you buy a cryptocurrency, you don't own the company. It's a completely different dynamic. The, 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 you're actually buying the asset. You know, so the asset itself, you kind of own the asset to some degree that might get used to, right? So it's a completely different model. And the world hasn't figured out the financial relationship, hasn't figured out yet how to value it. And that's actually, for me, what I'm trying to figure out too. Like, how do you value? Like, obviously, if you buy a share of stock, okay, and 
you buy a piece of uh, Apple and it's worth a trillion dollars, the company, and they have so many shares, so, right? you just divide the shares by the, the, the value of what the company brings in and you can get a valuation of what the share is worth. It's pretty simple. How do you do that for crypto? You don't own the company. So is it, is it, does the crypto have some value based off of the company that developed it? Or is it off of just whatever its use cases and utility? Is it speculation only? You, this is what makes it complicated. And the, and the world is trying these asset managers, what you just heard him say, he talked about is a new way to, to value it. That's what he's talking about. They're trying to figure out how do you value this thing? And once they figure that out, a real market, you know, which is here, will just re kind of reform itself. And like, for example, with stocks, you have something called PDE, price to earnings ratio. And that kind of sets the price for the stock. No such thing exists right now. But I think something like that, the way TCPIP and, you know, quant is going to be the TCPIP, there will be some kind of metric, some PDE metric that probably will get placed between the company and the cryptocurrency to value it somehow. But again, none of that's been figured out. And so we're sitting here in this space so damn early. Best thing is just hold on to your bags, have an exit strategy, and see how this whole game gets molded. And then we'll get a better feel later on when the big boys, the $400 billion asset managers, figure out how they're going to manage this space. But I totally agree with him. This will be its own asset class somewhere in the future. Here's what really catches my attention, Johnny. It's guys like Barclays or companies like Barclays acknowledging the, what Ripple has built and using the product XRP. You often discuss decentralization versus governance, right? What's more important? Who creates the rules for the network or who owns the majority of the tokens? Well, that conversation is quickly becoming who creates the rules. And when it comes to XRP, Ripple is not who creates the rules for the XRPL. And that's what Barclays is acknowledging in these documents here. Barclays is a renowned financial institution, announced its readiness to utilize the power of XRP, the digital asset associated with Ripple. This would be used to facilitate seamless and efficient cash settlements from point A to point B. This innovative development marks a significant milestone in the world of finance as Barclays embraces the cutting-edge cryptocurrency technology to revolutionize the way transactions are conducted. By harnessing the potential of XRP, Barclays aims to simplify the process of transferring funds, ensuring fast and secure transactions that will undoubtedly reshape the landscape of modern banking. I love that statement at the end there. And Jenna, what are you thinking? When we look at Barclays and we listen to Gary Gensler, clearly they've got different ideologies. But what I think is that the banks are more important than the SEC. You tell me your opinion. What does it mean, Barclays acknowledging XRP here? Oh, the banks are way more important than the SEC. They have all the money. Um, but, you know, then I started to think about, like, well, Barclays is the official, like, credit card that Apple always uses when you go into the store and all this and their partnerships. So I'm thinking, okay, then XRP is definitely going to be used with Apple and integrated too. And I'm thinking, oh, cool, I can make my payment with this. Like, there's just, like, so many things that go down the rabbit hole of, but we already know like all of the big guys are looking at XRP, all the big banks, everything like that, and not worried about the SEC. I mean, all of this is really just a bunch of back and forth and blah, 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 blah. I mean, it, judges don't agree all the time. They just don't. That's that's the way things work. So things are going to go back and forth. Of course, the SEC is going to keep like, you know, just pulling, seeing whatever they can do. But I'm glad that all of these other companies are on the offensive now because that's really what they need to do. They need to band together, but they need to come at the SEC and rip them apart. It's time to be offensive. And luckily enough, Jenna, that's exactly what we're seeing from some of the biggest companies in America right now. We're about to get into an article about how the SEC is officially under the process of appeal when it comes to XRP. But guys, 373 live listeners out there, show us some love, smash that like button, and thank you for being here. I just want to remind people, 
3 p.m. today on this channel, Johnny Crypto and Coach JV are going to be going live to show you the Merlin product. So that's really exciting. But let's get into this news here. The SEC capitalizes on Rykoff's terror rejection and files an appeal against the XRP ruling. In order for this request for an interlocutory appeal to be granted by the SEC, the securities regulator stated that Judge Torres' decision regarding Ripple's structured sale of XRP and other disimbursements revolved around the controlling questions of law in which there was substantial ground for a difference of opinion. Now, what's really happening in this Judge Torres ruling is that she ruled the sales of XRP to institutions were considered securities, whereas sales through a programmatic method and other distributions were not securities offerings. Judge Rykoff, who is the one overseeing the Terraforms lawsuit, said that he disagreed with the Judge Torres ruling. They stated that the Howey test does not make a distinction among buyers, and the court therefore rejected the Judge Torres ruling in this latest lawsuit. Now, why is this important, guys? The SEC monopolized the opportunity by leveraging Judge Rykoff's dismissal of Judge Torres' ruling to seek an interlocutory appeal in the Ripple Labs case. That means that the SEC is officially appealing the Judge Torres ruling, Johnny Crypto. What does that mean to you, man? What are we going to see over the next couple of weeks? We got to get Jeremy Hogan back on the show or John Deaton to discuss this stuff. But the SEC officially being under the process of appeal, I don't want to say it's shocking, but I don't want to say it's good news either. Well, here's the good news. We got Fred Raspoli coming on tomorrow, and he's an attorney too, and he's been following this case. So we'll we'll ask Fred what his take is on so don't miss tomorrow's show. We'll see what he thinks on this whole legal stuff happening here. But this is certainly something that is not in favor of good news for Ripple. I mean, or Ripple in this case. Uh, the, the You can see the SEC is going to use this case, and they're going to argue to the appeals court that the judge screwed up and got it wrong because this judge ruled a separate way. And as Jenna said, every judge is going to have their own opinion, and that's why there is an appeals court. And uh, we'll have to wait to see how this whole thing plays out. And, and you know, it's going to be – there's going to be – and obviously, uh, you know, Ripple will have their own argument as to why that judge's decision was wrong. And, you know, we'll see how this whole thing plays out and if it's going to take two years to go through it. But it certainly is – is um is not good. It's not it's not something I'm looking as favorable for Ripple. It is it is a piece of argument that the SEC is going to use to their advantage to try and see, you know, if they can get this ruling overturned. As we talk about the process of an interlocutory appeal, the number one thing our listeners should be aware of, this will take years. And we just read a video or we just read an article last week from John Deaton discussing how whether they appeal or not, up until basically the end of 2025, December of 2025, when this appeal would end, the president is set. XRP is not a security. And we do have an article that I'm going to show our listeners right now, Johnny, about the process that they would need to go over to actually get a spot ETF product. I think this corresponds pretty well to the article we just showed. Then we'll kick it to Jenna. Oh, let me play this real quick. I, I just I don't think that XRP is ever going to get through the SEC's doors, essentially not anytime soon, even even after that that loss. Right. But then again, there's other judges that like in the uh, Terra case and stuff that have like put down the Judge Torres's order in the Ripple case. There's a lot of nuance, like some of the stuff in Judge Torres's case didn't even make sense to me, even as a pro crypto, pro digital asset guy. First of all, CME would have to list XRP futures before a futures ETF would launch. And I can't imagine them allowing a spot Ripple ETF anytime soon. But again, like I said, 
three weeks ago, I said I didn't think uh, Ethereum futures ETFs would be coming anytime soon unless there's a huge change in the SEC. So theoretically, there could be. But the SEC has said in, in that Terra case and multiple other cases that they believe Judge Torres got it wrong in many instances. Could XRP still be an asset given it? So we just talked about how a lot of the regulatory hurdles are behind us when it comes to XRP, Johnny Crypto. This is the biggest hurdle now. The personal relationship Ripple has with the SEC is most likely going to prevent them from offering a derivatives product anytime soon. I'd like to get some of your thoughts and we'll kick it to Jenna. Well, I think he's right from that perspective is there, there's bad blood there right now. There's no, and by the way, just so you know, this case is not over in the SEC's mind, right? Until they push this thing and try to appeal it and lose the appeal. Now, I think if they lose the appeal, then I think they'll finally stop. They're like, okay, you know what? We tried, we lost. XRP is it, and 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 at that point, maybe they'll finally succumb and they'll let XRP uh, become an ETF. But I've told you this a while when you asked me two weeks ago if I thought ET, you know we'd see a B, uh, an e, uh, XRP ETF, and I don't. Uh, maybe it'll be a part of a basket of ETFs, but I don't think it'll ever be its own. Not for a while, because it still has bad blood with the SEC, and it's going to need that approval. Now, a couple things can happen. Fast forward a year, or two years from now, Abs. Let's say. The SEC appeals and loses, and we get a new president, and they're pro-crypto, and we have a new chair chair in the SEC, and it's Crypto Mom or whoever. That's a whole different ballgame. Now we're talking a completely different scenario, and then I would say there's probably a good likelihood you would see an XRP. But right now, with this chair, with this SEC administration, and with the case being appealed, there is no way. I cannot see them approving an XRP futures let alone an etf spot etf but that's just my eight cents i could be wrong yeah I'm, I'm with you on that johnny like i mean they won't even approve a bitcoin etf right now and yet we're seeing other countries like holland just approve that we are falling so far behind but it wouldn't make sense to have an xrp etf right now especially xrp being like 62 cents that makes no sense for me until we have full clarity on all of that and all this doom and gloom is gone um it just doesn't seem like it makes any sense Hey Abs, let me um let me address this comment uh, from our man Verhoofy. The appeal is a big fat nothing burger. That's not true. The appeal is is a a thorn in in Ripple's side because we just got through with the ruling, right? And the monkey off their back, and now the monkey is back on their back. I mean, there are going to be some companies that are going to look at it and say, "Well, the case really isn't over because it's not right." The case going back to court is going to reappear, and 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 nobody's going to know what that ruling or that outcome is going to be. And, and or how long it's going to take. We're, we're assuming two years. Who knows? Maybe the SEC has a way to fast track and it takes nine months. And there's so some companies who were maybe thinking about going it may now look at it again and say, well, this thing is still dragging on until we get a ruling. I think it's going to hurt them a little bit. I think it will slow them down. So I wouldn't say it's not a nothing burger. I think it does hurt them a little bit. I mean, not as much as if we didn't get the ruling. The ruling took a big monkey off the back, but now there's a baby monkey on their back. That they're still, you know, they got the big mother monkey up, but the little baby's still hanging back there, and they got to get get him off his back too before it's finally, truly out of, out in the open where it's like no questions, right? We're just not there yet. So I I think it does unfortunately set them back a little bit. It's gonna hurt them in some instances potentially. So we're about to go down a ripple rabbit hole here, Johnny. But before we do, I wanted to show our listeners this graphic right here. This is a pretty interesting graphic. It said, here are a few partners from Ripple's research, and every single one of these is humongous. Accenture, SBI, Google Ventures, Credit Union, Santander, 
Um, the list goes on and on. I could continue to read from here. Bank of America. Now, these are not official partners, right? These are all of the companies that have collaborated with Whirlpool or had a conversation behind the scenes. One thing that's very clear about these companies, Johnny, they are always looking for a competitive advantage. What did you teach me about technology companies? You said it's always faster and cheaper, right? Was that cheaper, the better. cheaper yeah. and better? All of these companies, every single one on this list is looking for cheaper and better. And that's what Ripple's offering when it comes to a payment product. Before I take our listeners down the rabbit hole of Michael Barr, who is actually the vice chair of the Federal Reserve for Supervision right now and his connections to Ripple, give me, a, give me some thoughts. All of these different companies, all of these different partnerships, yeah, they may not be active. They may not be using the product yet. But the fact that they're discussion, having discussions with Ripple tells me a lot. What does it say to you? Yeah, I mean, certainly when you look at a list like this, you get excited, right? You look at it and go, oh, my God, this is awesome. And, and and there's a lot of big names on there. But this is where I then the realistic side of me comes out and says, but wait a minute. How many of these are actually real? How many are actually doing something? How many are going to actually, you know, develop into something that that matters? That creates you? And, and it's probably a small percentage on this list that's actually going to really work out in real utility. App. But here's what happens. We're in what's called the speculation stage. So everything's amplified. So everything on this list, people grab it. They talk about it. Everybody's on Twitter and social media and Facebook, and they're pumping it and dumping it and talking how great this is and all these relationships. But the reality is none of us knows what's going on behind the scenes between these companies and how real these partnerships are and what is really happening. What are they really looking at? What are they really building together? Because a lot of it's under NDA, so we're not going to get access to what they're really doing. So all you can do when you look at a list like that is look at it and say, okay, you know what? That's good. It's a good start. Good relationships. And some of those are going to come to fruition and most of them won't, but that's okay. A few of those big names come to fruition that could drive a whole entire market app. So um, I always look at stuff like that as bullish. It'd be a lot better than looking at that list and only having two names on it. You know what I mean? The more names on that she abs by simple mathematics, the higher probability something good could come out of it. So for that reason right there alone, um, um, that gets me bullish, keeps me excited. And this is a video I think all of our listeners should be aware of, guys. We got 376 people here. First of all, thank you for joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This is a video from somebody that I listen to pretty often. His name is Darren Moore, XRP Darren on Twitter. He does some really good interviews. He interviewed Mark Yusko a week ago. But in this latest video, what he's describing here is that the Digital Dollar Project, which is partnered with Ripple, is explaining how their entire project is built on top of a DLT product, a distributed ledger technology product that is exactly built like what Ripple offers. So we're going to discuss what that means. Here's the video and we'll talk about it. This is a digital dollar presentation for a retail CPC. So it's supposed to replace cash. And when you look through the paper, they specifically talk about using a DEX. The definition of a DEX is a decentralized exchange. Most coins have DEXs that they build outside of their chain or on top of their chain. The XRP ledger is unique because it has a DEX that's inside the chain. It starts off with a DEX inside the chain. So if you were to clone the XRP ledger or use the XRP ledger, there's an exchange right into it. And that's a key determining factor, right? He's going to reference this later in the video, but he's saying these are the signs you look for when you're saying, what blockchain are they using? They're not going to tell us XRPL or HBAR or whatever. It's our job to figure it out. And that's what Darren Moore does a great job of. So here's the remainder of that clip. So this white paper talks about the DEX, talks about a DEX, and then the charts that they show show a DEX built into the distributed ledger. 
So that matches everything that we're talking about. Not to mention, they go on and on about identity, digital identity in this. And this is what David Schwartz has recently been proposing. Sanctions compliance. So uh, you, uh, your listeners may not know that like the United States government has a list of entities that you are not allowed to do business with. And if you do, the sanctions can be, the punishment can be extremely high. And, and I didn't know I was doing business with them is not an excuse. It's what's called strict liability. Which means if you did it, you, you have to figure out a way not to do it, or you can't do the thing that might create the, the chance that you'll do it. And this is a real blocker to institutional adoption of DeFi. It's just one example, but it's, a, it's, it's, it's for, for many companies, it's like, if, if we can't do sanctions compliance, we can't do it. It's just a hard no. Um, because they're facing potentially tens of millions of dollars, you know, plus in liability, and that there's nothing they can do about it. That they're, they're just not going to do it. And so those are problems that are that are very tangible today. And so solutions like identity and sort of creating um, creating a sort of island inside the ocean where where there's compliance. These sort of steps towards compliance will help to bring institutions into the DeFi world. We keep hearing David Schwartz speak about identity and he keeps talking about how it's coming to the XRP ledger. The Digital Dollar Project is also focused on identity. David explains an island within an ocean. So think about it. That's the reason these conversations are becoming more important because we were in a stage of speculation for so long, Jenna, to see the utility starting to come into effect. Now, these are not things we like, CBDCs, digital IDs. We're going to end the show with that conversation. But broadly, I'd like to hear what it means to you. D Darren Moore identified the digital dollar project is using the same decks as what Ripple offers on the XRPL. Is it fair to say that they're probably using that product? No, no, um, not necessarily because XLM does the same exact thing. Stellar has a DEX. Stellar is almost identical to XRP, if not a little bit more advanced, though. So I don't necessarily think that it has to be XRP that they're talking about. I think Stellar is just, you know, could, the biggest possibility. I mean, you can use their decks, everything like that. So eh. what about Ripple being uh, an official partner of the Digital Pound Foundation, right? So like, that's why we're drawing the comparison, not only because it looks the same, but they're also official partners. Yeah, but I feel like, and I have to go back through that I saw different connections with Stellar as well. So I'd want to bring that back up too. So I mean, I'm not ruling it out, but I'm just saying like, I feel like there could be another alternative. There definitely could be. Johnny, I'd like to get some of your thoughts and then we'll continue. No, Jenna's right. It's hard to say if they're if they're leveraging them. There's maybe a probability of it, a better probability because they're partners. But, you know, as she said, there's other alternatives that have built in DEXs like Stellar. So, you know, could you could you jump to the conclusion that they, they're one of it? Sure, you can. This is the dangers we get ourselves into without having the details. But is there, you know, is there a, is that a good find or a good connection? Absolutely. I mean, you certainly could say, hey, you know, there's a possibility they're using that. And so, and their partners there. So all of it adds up, but we won't know until the end when it's all done and maybe they reveal it. And that's when you really find out what's happening there for now. Um, the fact that they are partners, the good thing to be thinking about is a partner of the system, which means they're putting their input in, they're learning from it. And it could mean things that they can go back and take to back to the ripple, of the company and say, Hey, you know, these guys are doing this. We found out this is the need they have. Let's go develop that need before somebody else does. So that's really the benefits of being part of this uh, a technology or part of these trials is you learn things that you didn't know that can improve your product. And you have early access to that information that nobody else does being a partner in it. So there's a huge advantage for Ripple being a seat at the table in this digital dollar project apps, even if they're not 
using their technology. And there's a probability that they could be using it. But nonetheless, either way, it's going to be a learning from them, no matter how you look at it. This is a good article, Johnny. Yesterday, we played a clip of a, a United States Congressman Warren Davidson telling us that XRP and Ripple were evil for helping with the development of central bank digital currencies. This is a poll I wanted to vote live on air for our listeners on. He said, I'll admit uh, that there was a surprise with the Twitter active XRP holders are so hyper defensive of Ripple's work on central bank digital currencies. He said, I answered a question about the Judge Torres decision by pointing out XRP was finally recognized as not a security, but that some of Ripple's activity was deemed an investment contract by the judge. I added my concern uh, was that Ripple's involvement with the development of central bank digital currencies, because we're talking about Ripple, and that is one component of Ripple's pitch. Now, given that I am working to criminalize CBDCs, rational people would understand I don't want anyone to work on a CBDC not Satoshi, not not consensus, not the Federal Reserve, and not even his mother, he said. So if you are a Twitter active XRP holder, which our community mostly is, do you like XRP because of Ripple's work on a CBDC in spite of Ripple's work on a CBDC or don't care either way? So this is where I'm going to defer to the live chat, guys. Put a one in the live chat if you are invested in Ripple because of their work with CBDCs. Put a two in the live chat if it's in spite of a CBDC and put a three in the live chat if you just don't care what Warren Davidson's saying here. But Johnny, I did want to open up the conversation. Warren Davidson, what do you think? What would you vote on for this poll? Well, I'm curious to see what the uh, what, what the chat says. So I don't want to I don't want to influence them by giving my opinion yet, Abs. Um, but to me, obviously, I'm guessing he got bashed pretty badly by the XRP community uh, when he started talking about them in, in or ripple when he started talking about ripple in terms of the fact that they're working on cb here i'll tell you what i told you yesterday abs on this to me the thing that's i understand what he's saying and i don't think there's anybody in this room or in this chat that would disagree with him in the fact that they don't want to see anybody working on cbdc's right he said that right there i right? like how he says not satoshi not consensus not not even his mom right i i think we all would agree here most of us don't want to see cbdc come because of a the downside of it. So I don't think this is disagreeing there. I think what where he made a mistake here was realize that it's coming and you can't stop it. And rather than say punish Ripple for working on something that's absolutely coming, here's what he, he he screwed up. If Ripple doesn't do this apps, guess what? Somebody else will, okay? It's gonna get done. So from that perspective, now you look at it and you're and they say, won't be an American company. Let's put exactly, that in there as well. If you exactly. want somebody controlling the CBDC market, at least let it be an American company. Because right. what China is doing right now, what Singapore is doing right now, it's very different from the American dream. All right. Exactly. So from, from that perspective, I look at it as, okay, we, we all agree with that part. Nobody wants to see that, but it doesn't matter. We don't want it's coming. So then what's the next best thing, Abs? Well, as a ripple holder, yeah, you want it, you want to. You, 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 you're happy that your company is going to be the one working in something that's coming because it's coming. So that's, to me, it's inevitable. So now we got to figure out, we got a lot of ones, twos, and threes. I don't see as many ones. Though. I see a lot of twos. I voted three. a three. I said three. We got a lot of threes initially, and that's what I went with. But let's actually turn to the poll results here. Oh, yeah. So we got 1,722 votes here. 20% are invested because of Ripple's work on CBDCs. Let's have a short conversation about that, Johnny Crypto. What do you think about that? Oh, this this is these are probably Americans. This is an American congressman. Twenty percent of Ripple investors are supportive of a CBDC. Pretty interesting. Well, what do you think? Well, well, I I don't think they're supportive of a CBDC. Again, 
I think they're supportive of the fact that Ripple is working on one because of what I just said. They know it's coming. And hey, if it's coming, well, I might as well invest in the company that's working on it so I can gain from it. And so to me, that's probably the mindset of those 20. But again, I'm speculating here. I don't know. I mean, maybe the people in the chat who voted one could tell us why they, well, they could actually tell us better. But that would be my speculation is they want to make sure they're investing in something. I Again, I don't think anybody here is supportive of CBDC. But we are supportive of Ripple, the company, and obviously, if it's working on it and it's beneficial to the company, then why? You know, of course, I think most of us are going to probably fall in the camp of two or three, right? Either in spite of it, or you just don't care. You're just happy that you own a company that, in the future, is going to grow, and they're investing in working on technologies that we know are coming. That's going to put them in the best position to win. Jenna, I heard a really good take from the digital asset investor in his video. And just to give our listeners the stats, 28% are invested in spite of CBDC work and over 50%, about 51% of people, they simply don't care, which is an interesting answer. But Jenna, what I did want to focus on and digital asset investor shouted this out. He said, you can't ban new technology. You can't just say we're going to annex this stuff. What we need to do is create a digital bill of rights and decide what is legal and what's illegal for the oh. central bank digital currencies to do. Why aren't I a U.S. politician? Well, guys, I'm just a little bit young right now. You should run. Give me a couple of decades and I'll be in there. You should <laughs> run. You should run. I'll support you. Give, Jenna, give me some of your thoughts. Johnny Crypto for vice president here. But what do you think? <laughs> Obviously, we can't stop this technology from developing. So why not create rules and regulations and maybe protect people like us? Agree. That's exactly what we need to be doing. It's not suing people and all of this stuff like after they're, oh, this is a security. We're going to fine you 20 some whatever million dollars it is. No, put regulations in place so the shit doesn't happen to begin with. And and who is even benefiting from all of this money that the SEC is making and everything? But I 100% agree with the digital asset investor. We need to have that in place. Give us a little bill of rights. Totally. And this is what happens if you don't get a Bill of Rights, guys, as a Chinese man has been sentenced to nine months in prison for buying U.S. dollar tether. The arrest is believed to be part of the country's escalating crypto restrictions, and China's new central bank governor is reportedly behind the crackdowns. This is the worst case scenario for America, guys. Jerome Powell is locking people up for trying to find a store of value. We got 376 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And a more serious note, Nine months is not a lot of time, but what I will say is that you can't buy what you want in this new system. That's what we're talking about. They're going to tell you this is an essential good. This is inessential. And look at what we're seeing here. Tether's not a trusted asset, but the central bank digital currency for their country is, of course, approved. So, Johnny, give me some thoughts and we'll close out the show. I mean, this is a very scary thing. You know, you say nine months isn't a long time. You go do nine months in jail and see how <laughs> I think you'll have a different <laughs> I think you'd have a different perspective. I think the fact that the, to say you're going to jail for, for just purchasing something. Fair that, play. I take it back. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. I'm just kidding. I mean, the, the, the reality is that's sad. This is sad news, right? This is And this is what people don't understand. I've, I've traveled the world a lot, okay, for work for a long, many, many years. I got to go to many different countries, you know, and everybody bashes and shits on this country. But let me tell you something. When you get to go around the world and see how, how life is around in other countries, and certain, don't get me wrong, there's other countries where life is great. I'm not saying it isn't. But to, to some of the ones I've been, particularly in the Asian area, you come back here and you're like, wow. Well, you, you realize and you begin to appreciate what we have here as true freedom. And this poor guy, you know, nine months going to jail for literally just buying a crypto. Like, you know, that's crazy, right? 
Yeah, I mean, give me some of your thoughts because I know she has some yeah. thoughts. I want to give her time. Thank you. I think it's just like a scare tactic um, because think about with Binance, like most of the users are in China and they're using a VPN. Yeah, you're not supposed to be. They do not have the room to put every single person in jail that trades cryptocurrency. So I think that they're going to make an example of some people that they find to try to use it as a scare tactic. But it's absolutely impossible for them to do that. And yeah, it, it completely sucks, but it is what it is, at least while we're able to buy it right now. We should be. Johnny, last topic of the show here, and we got to go quickly. Michael Burry just loaded up a huge short position against the U.S. stock market. And we're showing this here. This is from Alex Cobb. He's a great friend. Um, look at the numbers here. Billion dollar shorts, a $800 million and a $700 million short were opened yesterday in the market. We got about a minute. Give me your take. Well, first of all, Michael Burry is usually pretty right when he's right. And number two, I just want to know what the expiration dates were on those because whenever he's buying, right. I, that's the kind of guy you want to be, you know, following for sure. I need to find out what those expirations were, but nonetheless, yeah, man, if he's putting a short, that means this guy does his homework. He knows his stuff. We should all be very worried. There's definitely a big, big drop coming, I think, in the short term. And we're going to close this thing out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Jenna and thank you to Johnny Crypto. We got 367 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And remember, 3 p.m. today, Johnny Crypto and Coach JV are going to be live showing you Merlin the smartest way to track your crypto. Have an amazing day, guys. Get your shit together, baby. Let's go. Oh, you just said my let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>